0: I'm Dylan Tyre with the Blue Jackets Radio Network, and with the Seattle Kraken recently officially becoming the National Hockey League's 32nd team, I wanted to catch up with their beat writer for the Athletic, Ryan Clark, to discuss the franchise as it stands right now in general, their plans for the expansion draft as they relate to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and what he thinks the Kraken are going to look like in general following that expansion draft. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Ryan Clark of The Athletic. All right, Ryan, so you can disagree with this assessment if you want, but I feel like the hype around the Seattle Kraken has died down a little bit this season, given everything that's gone on, obviously. It's been a wild season in the National Hockey League, but as soon as this season is over with, I'm sure that's going to come right back to the forefront of everybody's minds with the expansion draft, with the NHL entry draft, all that I'm sure the Kraken uh, will will be very, very popular and be a hot topic of conversation again. But with that in mind, I want to ask you about the coaching search right now, because you think back to 2017, Vegas hired Gerard Gallant two months before the expansion draft happened. So what are you hearing right now? What are the expectations surrounding hiring a head coach in Seattle? Is that going to happen ahead of the expansion draft? Is that the plan right now?
1: Right now, the plan is—it sounds like that would be the case. So, whether it's been Ron Francis talking to reporters or Todd Lightwicky going on radio, of course he is the CEO and president, <clears throat> excuse me, of the Seattle Crack, and that has been the thought: is that they wanted to wait till after the season to make a hire. And so, it sounds like it's this after the season, pre-expansion draft sort of deadline is what they're looking at because they want to be able to have a wide range of candidates possible. Now, of course, right now. Are there names that are available? Sure, Gerard Galan is out there. Claude Julian is out there. There are people who are available, but by waiting and seeing, maybe there's someone who's there that you look at and you go, maybe this is a possibility. Or Pierre Lebrun recently had a column that ran this week about who were some of the free agent coaching names that, that are out there. And, like, do they resign? Do they go elsewhere? And if you're the Kraken, I mean, how do you not take a look at someone like a Rod Brindamore? How do you not take a look at anyone who's on those lists? And so that's where they're at right now is trying to take as much time within a window as they can to solidify a choice.
0: All right. Well, with that in mind, I want to shift focus to the expansion draft itself, kind of with a Blue Jackets lens on the situation. And I'm just going to go over the rules and regulations for maybe some of our listeners that aren't as familiar. The expansion draft is going to be July 21st this summer the same exact rules that the Vegas Golden Knights had four seasons ago. Seattle's going to pick a player from every team in the league other than Vegas. Um, Teams can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or eight skaters and a goalie. And then players with no movement clauses in their contracts who refuse to waive those clauses, they have to be protected by their teams. Unsigned draft picks and players in the first two years of their professional careers, they're exempt. They don't have to be protected. So, like I said, with a blue jacket, lens on this from everything I've seen that you've written that others have written it looks like people are leaning towards Dean Kukin or Matisse kavlenix being the pick uh, by Seattle from the Blue Jackets but I've heard of late especially with the season that he's had Eric Robinson a lot of Blue Jackets fans are concerned that he's going to be exposed and that he's going to be Seattle's pick so what have you heard surrounding all this?
1: Right now, the thing is this. The calculus changes with every single team, whether it's the Blue Jackets or any other team that you can think of. The, as it relates to Columbus, let's, let's take those three names. So the thing that they all have in common is this. They're all players with extremely, extremely manageable cap hits. And if you're the Kraken, that's what you're trying to do, is you're trying to pick players that you know can not only play for you right away, But they come to you on something like a cheap cap hit. So that way you can take that, turn it around, and really, for the lack of a better phrase, weaponize (laughs) it against the rest of the league. So let's take someone like Dean Kukin. Dean Kukin does a lot of things. I mean, for one, he's 6'2", 192, so he has size. He's someone that can operate in a top-six role. You know you can play him on the PK. But there are other things that, that he can do that provides value. The biggest one being, aside from his on-ice play, is the fact that like, his cap hit next year is going to be $1.65 million. And then when you're done with that cap hit, you also look at the situation with him, and, and you realize, like, yes, he's going to be a UFA, but you know that's a UFA that when the time comes, maybe you can continue to get him at, at a low cost. So when you're looking at the Blue Jackets, the thing to look at with this team and understand is this. If you're the Kraken, this is a very frustrating team to pick from because like the Blue Jackets have a lot of their top assets already protected. And so it's like it's one of those things where you really have to look and see what is sort of the best situation out there. And so when you look at Kukin, you know what you have there in the sense of what he's been able to do. With, with someone like Eric Robinson, which you just mentioned, I mean, that's a really fascinating name. 14 points, 51 games. Uh, he's got size. I mean, the contract is something that is it, it is more than doable. And then when you look at what Columbus does with goaltenders, like how could you not take a look at what that like what's going on there? So either way, it all amounts to. No matter what you're doing, if you're the Seattle Kraken, you know you're going to get a player from Columbus, but you just know that it's going to be someone that you can get on the Chief and that you know can someone is someone that can play right away.
0: Going back to that Vegas expansion draft, you know, one of the biggest stories was George McPhee really taking advantage of some of these other general managers, their cap situations, uh, their roster situations. And, you know, it had been a while since teams had to deal with an expansion draft, and especially under these sort of rules. Are you expecting there to be a lot of side deals this time around with Seattle, or are GMs kind of wised up to that situation?
1: You know, it's interesting because people compare Vegas, and this one, and say— GMs are like we've learned. But here's the thing, the flat cap is what changes this whole dynamic. So if there's no flat cap, then teams are probably not going to be in this situation where they're looking and seeing what moves they can angle for. But recently at The Athletic, we had a story about what are six potential situations for a side deal. So let's take the Edmonton Oilers as a prime example. You know who they're going to protect with their forwards. But where it gets complicated is what happens with Oscar Kleffbaum. So right now, he's coming back from Uh, a shoulder injury. He recently had shoulder surgery that, again, put it into a season. The understanding in Edmonton is, is if Clefbaum's shoulder is at 100%, they're going to protect him with the idea of, like, okay, we know we're going to lose a young defenseman. But if his shoulder isn't what they want it to be, then they are going to expose him. And if you're the Kraken, you're left with this decision of, do you take someone coming back from a shoulder surgery with the idea that, like, when they're healthy, they are very good, or do you look elsewhere on that roster? But where it gets even more complicated is what happens in free agency? Do they try to re-sign Tyson Berry before uh, the end of the year? Do they try to re-sign Adam Larson as well? And if they re-sign those two, then you're looking at a situation where it's like, what do they do? And so that's an example of where you could see a side deal, where it has absolutely nothing to do with, with teams trying to hoard things and trying to be smart like it was the last time, but it has more to do with the flat cap, how you manage it, but more importantly, how do you still keep the best possible team?
0: You know, like you said, it's impossible really not to compare Vegas and Seattle in these situations. That's just something that People are going to do this offseason, and they're going to do going forward after the Kraken actually have players on their roster. But Vegas clearly was a very, very unique situation. They got a lot of good players. Some of those side deals resulted uh, in big-time talents that teams didn't really know they had. I mean, the Blue Jackets are a prime example. Look what happened with William Carlson. He scored 40 goals in his first season with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, and really helped them to what was an awesome season. But what do you expect the talent level of this Seattle Kraken to be following you know, the entry draft, following the expansion draft, following free agency, which I'll ask you about in just a minute? But how good do you think this team could be? From what I'm seeing from some of these roster projections— it looks like the defense could be really solid and maybe the forward group is a little bit weaker. But what do you think?
1: Dylan, you kind of hit the nail on the head there in the sense of this is what it looks like now with the understanding like it could totally change. And here's an example of how it could totally change. So when you look at someone like Jeff Carter going to Pittsburgh, initially you look at that contract and you can go, more than $5 million for a 36-year-old. Is this something that is not is it is it irresponsible but the fact that like that contract has been had it suddenly makes someone like him a little bit more interesting but that also relates to a larger argument of now that the penguins have new management what is the plan going to be in the off season? i mean or do they look at this and say okay given that we want to try to resign malkin we want to try to resign the do we have to maybe look at moving money differently and that's why someone like jeff carter now has even more value so who do you possibly move in place of that? And maybe there's a top six forward option that comes out of that group. But right now, when you're looking at this, finding defensemen isn't going to be the issue. And finding six to seven, maybe eight defensemen who can play on a nightly basis isn't going to be the issue. And it's the same with bottom six fours. It seems like the issue with them is going to be, how do you find top six forwards, which is what's going to make free agency, which I know you said we're going to allude to, that much more important because... What they do with this draft in terms of what pieces they pick and choose, especially an attack, is going to make a massive difference in the sense of what they can do in free agency.
0: All right, so let's talk about free agency then, because it's a unique situation again, because Seattle is it's a desirable location to a lot of people, I would think. And, you know, you expect the fan base to be really, really good there. It's a a ravenous fan base when it comes to football, when it comes to soccer, everything. So you'd expect uh, it to be good for hockey as well. Do you expect the Seattle Kraken, especially with an experienced general manager like Ron Francis, to be real players when it comes to free agency this year?
1: Again, it all depends upon the cap space, but let's say for the purposes of this discussion, the cap space is there for them to do damage. And let's say someone like Ryan Nugent Hopkins becomes available. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is going to be really sought after. And if you're the Kraken, you're in a position where you can offer him one of the highest contracts that anybody else can because, again, you have found a way to work your cap to where it works towards your advantage. You don't have any buyouts. You don't have any hard contracts to try to move. Like, you, you found yourself almost in a perfect situation. But then it's not even just the cap space, although that's a big component of it. Like, another thing that they've got going is this. They are building a $90 million training facility. And we have a story coming up soon in The Athletic about what all is going to be inside this facility. And it's it's strange because coming from college football and and people in this market certainly understand this, like, facilities are kind of the arms race in college football. Like, we all talk about Clemson having a slide and at first it was a joke but then when they're winning national championships people are like we want two slides if that's if that's what this means and so when you look at the NHL it doesn't get talked about that much but facilities are a thing and so when you look at the facilities you look at the fact that you're going to be in a city which like you said is desirable and you're going to have cap space those are all things that if you are a free agent looking at the Kraken, you would look at and go, that seems extremely tempting. But then it comes back to this big question. What do you think the Kraken are going to be? Do you think this is going to be an expansion team that maybe it has been like your typical expansion team where they don't get to the playoffs? Or do you think what happened with Vegas, and especially in this flat cap era where the money has played such a big part in what teams can and can't do, maybe you do think this is a team that can get into the postseason. So it's a lot of variables, but they're all variables that every
0: player has to consider. All right. Well, the last thing I'll ask you then, and you just brought it up. What do you think the Kraken are going to be?
1: No clue. No, in all seriousness, like it's, it's, it's absolutely no clue because I mean, every year you look at the NHL and there's always going to be things that maybe take people by surprise. And look, look, let's take the central division as a really good example. People thought the Florida Panthers could be good. But to think about where we are at this point in the season, where you could throw a rock to figure out who is going to win the Central, and it could be Carolina, it could be Florida or Tampa, like that's saying a lot. Or better yet, you look at the East and a team like Philadelphia, that is a team that on paper has everything from size, speed, youth, experience, and yet they're still in a division that is a very hard one to win. So you just don't know what's going to happen. Or better yet, look at the Minnesota Wild. It was not that long ago. People were like, hey, maybe the Wild should prepare more for the offseason. And now people are like, you know, maybe you don't want to play the Wild right now. Because that's a very dangerous-looking team. So you just don't know what a team could look like. At at, at minimum, it's fair to suggest this will be a competitive team. As for how competitive, that's the million-dollar mystery. Well, I guess in this case... The $650 million mystery, because that's how much it costs to be a member of the NHL.
0: Again, that was Ryan Clark, the Seattle Kraken beat writer for The Athletic. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Ryan underscore S underscore Clark. So a great conversation there with Ryan Clark to get a better understanding of the current state of the Seattle Kraken as they head into the NHL expansion draft, which is set to take place on July 21st. So Seattle will officially start becoming a team with players on July 21st this summer. And then a couple of days later, they will draft their first ever player in the NHL entry draft as the 2021 NHL entry draft is set to begin on July 23rd so again a great big thanks to Ryan Clark for joining me and as for the Columbus Blue Jackets they'll be back in action Wednesday night as they take on the Nashville Predators for the final time this season at Nationwide Arena you can catch us starting at 6 30 on the Eldorado Gaming Sido Downs Blue Jackets Radio Network.